This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. It is that time of the day when we're joined by Matthew Wade, who is the, oh, we've got two of them here, uh, the senior journalist here in Victoria for Star, the only journalist here in Victoria for StarObserver.com.au. Matthew, thank you very much for joining us on the line. How's it going, Dean? Uh, Shannon, when are you going back to Sydney? Just before Fair Day, which is uh, the, the opening day of Mardi Gras. Right, so you, you, you just follow the party season around all around the country? Is Pretty that, much. That Wouldn't you want to? Midsummer followed straight up by Mardi Gras. Yes, please, and thank you. Now, Matthew, wait, before we get to your lineup for today, um, I believe you went to an event last Friday for the first time in your life. Was it Midsummer Mooney? Yeah. I did. How was that for you, Matthew Wade? Okay, so like I'd never gone before. I kind of <laughs> only heard about it in passing. Like it's a bit of like an urban legend, you know, yeah, guys yeah, got that. Hands off. Yeah. Um, so I was, it was a mixture of um, anticipation and excitement and nervousness. <laughs> um, but you know what? I actually totally loved it. As a very body positive and sex positive person, the idea of men coming together, taking their clothes off and just like, you know, Un, un, like discovering unhidden talents, like that was it was amazing. I loved it. It uh, does some extraordinary work within our community. Oh, of course, I just wanted to mention that as well. It's obviously go for raising money as well. Um, but you know, the added bonus is obviously you know. Going along there are me. added bonuses. We'll yes. leave it at that. Uh, well, I'm glad you got to experience it because uh, there's there's truly nothing else like it. I agree. <laughs> and you can have a look at Matthew's report in Star Observer. Now, uh, first story up today. Uh, we have received from. Victorian government, a commitment to apologise to men convicted of historical gay sex crimes. Yes, so Daniel Andrews announced, I think it was uh, actually at Pride March, um, that the government will formally apologise to all the men who were quite wrongly so uh, convicted of the historic gay sex, consensual sex offences um, from back in the day. Um, so essentially it's just, I guess, saying, I mean, even though the legislation has changed, it's more just like a, a it's a bit like a, a symbol, I suppose. Is it a bit of a non-announcement? Because <laughs> I, mean, I, I actually, uh, until I looked at it a little closer, I thought it was a much broader apology um, because uh, we're talking about a very small cohort of people that are still alive. I mean, yeah. there are many uh, previously have sadly passed away already, but there's other state-sanctioned uh, practices that have been discriminating in the LGBTI space, which is a much broader space than gay men, mm-hmm. uh, for many, many years. Uh, that's completely true. I mean, I think um, in my interpretation is that it's very much a, a, it's supposed to be symbolic, I suppose, and although it does only affect us Yeah, more, that's not an announcement. I know. It's more <laughs> just, I think it's, it's kind of, I mean, it's a step. It's kind of saying that, like, I mean, it's the government acknowledging that it was terrible, Those that legislation was in place to begin with and saying it never should have happened. I mean... Legislative change is what really says that, but I suppose having a formal apology will go some way in, like, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I think it's largely symbolic more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And there are obviously are a lot of other areas that need practical change over, you know, symbolic uh, verbal gestures. Indeed. However, it was something, <laughs> and it was our Premier that said it, and that's a good thing, I guess. Yes. Melbourne's Pride March saw opposition leader uh, there for the first time. 
The first time ever, yeah, Bill Shorten was in attendance. He marched alongside the Premier with his family. He's a uh, Victorian, uh, Melbourne-based. Yeah, at least so. Oh, um, poor effort. <laughs> for the first time, Jeez, yeah. I'm in a <laughs> shitty mood today, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really, but... <laughs> what? Oh, you switched my mic off. You must be in a bad mood. I was going to say, is it because I'm here, Dean Beck? No, 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 no. I'm just fired up. Now, um... Uh, what do we what do we take from that? It's I mean, a federal election is I, what we take from I that. I mean, to me, like, it seems uh, pretty transparent. Um, <laughs> but and saying that, I mean, you know, I mean, it's still obviously a good gesture. But I, the interesting thing was, I mean, I don't know if you heard on the day, Dean, but there was a lot of rumours circulating that the I, prime minister was maybe going to be there. Do you know what? I reckon the number one win of Pride March 2016 was the uh, Liberal Party. Uh, backyarders who managed to spread that rumour mm-hmm. that the Prime Minister would be in attendance for the sole benefit of getting them from position 177 to position 6. Ah, oh, is that what happened? Yep. So oh well done goodness. to all of them. And can I just say uh, a very sarcastic thank you very much to them because now the Prime Minister's people are very annoyed with a lot of gay media who obviously, myself included, mm-hmm. tried to get a hold of the PM that day for a comment or at least his people to confirm mm-hmm. um, and they weren't happy about being disturbed on a Sunday. So I've copped a bit of flack for that personally. Oh, oh don't worry about that. Uh, the mainstream media uh, were also contacting them uh, saying, uh, we've heard... Uh, it wasn't just the gay press. Uh, I'm, I'm fully aware that uh, the mainstream media were very much on their case on Sunday because they believed it too. So to circulate so, that rumour ended up being having quite a what? negative effect on them, yeah. If, if you want to know how to create change, spread a rumour. <laughs> now, um, <laughs> the Victorian prep trial will, don't do that. It will expre- <laughs> expand to include up to 2,600 people. We just heard from Jill Hennessy, our health minister. Right. I've run out of breath. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was something that a lot of people, community organisations and uh, people in the LGBT community in Victoria have been warning for a long time, um, you know, given that New South Wales announced it last year on World AIDS Day. Um, and we've kind of just been waiting to see when it was going to happen. So I guess it's, it's great that it's finally happened. Um, but obviously, it's, I mean, they said that it's estimated that it'll reduce, I think, HIV, new HIV transmissions by 30% over the next 12 months, which is great. But obviously, the end goal is to get, you know, PrEP TGA approved and PBS listed. So, the, uh, as I, as I ex- uh, asked uh, Minister Hennessy, um, that equates to around 77 people in this state. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, uh, the, over, the, over the period of the trial, but some 500 people will be diagnosed HIV positive during that period. And so there's still a lot to make up before we get there, really. I think that's the thing. And a lot of these instances are, you know, small steps are made. And while they may make have a positive impact to an extent, there's obviously a lot more that can be done. And in this instance, yeah, it needs, prep needs to be approved. But although the estimated time isn't until potentially like the end of, is it the end of the year or next year? That there's going to be... Uh, 17. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's quite a while away. <laughs> Sorry to uh, step in on this, um, what is normally Matt's um, segment. No, Shannon, it's what you're I think the minister brought up a very relevant point at the end of her discussion with you, is that I'm feeling that this conversation about um, ending HIV transmissions is dominated by PrEP. We all agree it is a game changer. It needs to be introduced into Australia. But in the meantime, until that happens, we need to remember the discussion generally about uh, sex safety and and sexual health. Um, None of it happens without good testing regimes. Well, well, this is it. 
get tested, talk about it with your friends. Get on treatment if you're possible. Get on treatment if you need to. Um, if you're if you're comfortable using condoms, do that. Take whatever mm-hmm. steps it takes. Don't. I think I, I I'm feeling that the, the feeling in the community is well. If we had prep, this would end. No, there are other means to also end HIV transmissions, which we committed to before PrEP was even on the table. It's a regime of a number of things that need to take place. Absolutely. PrEP will assist in uh, getting there quicker, potentially. It's not the only answer. But it's not the only answer. Although a lot of the, uh, I guess, the advertising or the speak around it makes it seem as though that's the... That's the cure, or that's the that's the that's the solution to you know. What I am pleased uh, to to see was that the uh, health minister also acknowledged that Victoria's community, and and by that she meant uh, you know individuals like us, and also uh, our media and our orgs, uh, are really world leaders in this space. And I've had that come from many people from overseas uh, who say, you know, that in Europe they're having this conversation, in London they're having this conversation, but, and in America they've had it uh, with a kind of different edge, uh, but no one's getting it as right as we are, sort of. That's really, yeah, that's amazing. I it mean, is. There's it a lot is. of work being done, you know, not by individuals, but also the organisations around like VAC, Living Positive. I think it's incredible. And yeah. we should acknowledge the uh, signatories to the PrEP Accord mm. that have done amazing work in this space uh, yep. alongside the Victorian AIDS Council and Living Positive Victoria. Definitely. Who do good work. Now, high school students are petitioning for a same-sex High school deb ball. Well, for inclusion at high school deb balls. Is this across the board or is it just one school? Well, it was one school that prompted it, but I think they're kind of calling for high schools more generally to be more inclusive. It's going to be walking the streets. (laughs) That'll be next. Um, No, this story just warms my heart because my (laughs) high school experience was not like this. I feel like no one was championing LGBT stuff when I was in high school. Not that it was like that long ago. Public or private school? Public. Right. Um, And as is this one. And I feel like there was no one, there was no voice. There was no one even, I mean, even though this is a very specific instance like a dead ball um i think more generally like when i was in high school there was not even one person talking out about can we name the school yeah but i'm bandura secondary college right so and and we've told by our uh, current state government that uh they want all of the public schools high schools on board with the safe schools coalition uh, program mm. surely this is a part of that well i would hope so i mean apparently so the two girls that started the petition um... where's james Molino? <laughs> um did we give him a call isn't he the education minister? Oh, no, I haven't asked him about that. I was only speaking to He him. marched at Pride March uh, with, the, uh, with the rest of them on, on Sunday. Well, I might not... have to have a chat to yeah. James. Give him a call. <laughs> well, in relation to Bandura, I think that the, so far a few of the teachers have gotten on board behind the students and said that like, we're willing to back you up. But the actual principal of the school more generally haven't actually responded to the petition yet. So I'm not sure if it's, they're going to allow same-sex couples to go. Um, oh, so that's pending. <laughs> I would suggest following your good work, Matthew Wade. They'll suddenly find uh, a, a way through and, and see the light. <laughs> Finally, uh, the biggest study of intersex people in Australia has just been released. Um, why is this important and what, is, what have we discovered? Well, it's really significant because I think intersex, the intersex community at large, you know, are very underreported on, you know, the information around that community uh, isn't publicised. A lot of people, there's a, lot of, there's a lack of awareness and a lack of knowledge in that community. So, I mean, Shannon, actually, you can talk about it as well because Shannon wrote the story, but it's kind of like... <laughs> all right, Shannon, tell me like, all about it. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to handball it. <laughs> yeah, I'll go, ahead, go for it. Um, I just stopped paying attention for a second and we're talking about the intersex <laughs> yes, study. Now, yes, now, yes. Why is it important? And, well, uh, it's important because this is one of the first and largest studies of intersex people in Australia to happen 
outside of a hospital scenario or hospital environment. So that means free of sort of, I guess, the prejudices of doctors and uh, medically trained staff who we know can put unnecessary pressure on parents. And, um, and, and I think the result of the study is that what, one of the surprising things that they found was how restricted intersex people were from accessing good education for whatever reasons because maybe medically they couldn't attend school etc etc bullying or something bullying how deeply entrenched in poverty a lot of intersex people are 41 percent of uh intersex people are earning less than i think twenty thousand dollars a year and about fifty percent are earning less than forty one thousand dollars a year which would be directly related to education too education Mm. access health and i think what um the organization for intersex australia is calling for now is legislation to not um, do coercive surgery on infants and children. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a landmark study and book to be released for intersex people. Hopefully um, it gets a little bit more understanding about I think this often ignored area of, of Australian society. It's the first mm-hmm. study of adults outside of a hospital setting. Space. And yeah. it's actually one of the biggest in Australia on top of that, which is amazing. Yeah. Shannon Power, Matthew Wade, both from starobserver.com.au. I want to thank you so much for your contribution to today's program. And, Can we uh, just read out this text message from my mum? <laughs> Sorry if you've got to end uh, the show. Um, I don't want my daughter to leave. Please don't encourage her, but I know that she will stay safe. Shannon, love mum. Oh. <laughs> so, so cute. Do you want to swap spots so I can stay at my parents' house? You go to Sydney and uh, Austin. Yeah, you know, I don't want you to leave me, Shannon. Stay in Melbourne. Hey, we got to go. <laughs> um, thank you very much for joining me on the line today. Thank and you. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much for listening. My name's Dean Beck. You can follow me on Twitter at Dean Beck on air. We'll see you again soon. Till next time, keep well. Take care. Bye-bye. This Joy program has a podcast and you can subscribe to it at joy.org.au. Your community. Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.